Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable competitive future in Cork business. Hi there and thanks for joining us. Happy Easter to you all. Coming up on this episode, cruise ships are back. We're going to speak to the Port of Cork about how important that is for tourism and we're going to hear about a great new initiative that is designed to prevent waste while making sure you get a bargain from some of the city's finest restaurants. But first off, we heard this week about how the average award for minor personal injuries from the Personal Injuries Assessment Board dropped by more than 40% after new guidelines were introduced. It's something that has been in the offing for quite some time. Uh, The CEO of PIAB, Rosalind Carroll, said that the guidelines had an immediate and colossal impact on awards. But what does that mean for people who are worried about insurance premiums or those who face payouts? Carrie McDermott is with MDM Solicitors on the South Mall. She's with us. Hiya, Carrie. How are you? Good, thank you. Lovely to talk to you. Welcome to Red Business. This is pretty significant, isn't it? It shows that the guidelines did have an actual impact. Yeah, for sure. Um, I suppose this is the third time we've had a report from the Injuries Board giving us um, visibility into the effect of these guidelines. Um, They're in since Saturday, the 24th of April last year, um, coming into force at a time when we're dealing with a pandemic and we have claim rates down significantly as a result of the pandemic in itself. And what I mean by that is people aren't out and about, they're not driving cars. We faced two very heavy lockdowns um, where we we saw a significant decrease in claims anyway. Um, So for these guidelines to be introduced at that time was certainly interesting in terms of assessing the impact it would have. Um, And we're just starting to see um, evidence of that impact now and what that looks like. Uh, the the reality here is that it, claims are too high. We knew that. It was having an impact, a disproportionate impact on the sector. It wasn't that the claims were frivolous or that anybody was technically doing anything wrong. It just meant that uh, what was being paid out uh, was on the wrong end of things. H- how important is it that we've reset it a little bit to try and get those premiums down that will really help businesses? So I, I think there are two distinct things, actually. Um, firstly, claims are too high. That's interesting. I mean, the the whole basis of a personal injury claim is that somebody is compensated uh, or put back in the position that they were in prior to sustaining the injury um, by, by means of compensation. Um, so, you know, we hear a lot about claims being too high. And immediately a link to insurance costs being um, drawn in relation to that. But the reality is the law needs to uh, provide a framework for claims to be consistent, transparent and fair to all parties, whether it's the insured or the plaintiff in such cases. So the general the generalisation of claims in itself um, and saying the claims are too high you know, as as a practitioner for me, isn't something that I, I think mm. is fair. Yeah. I think there should be fair damages um, and those damages should be fair and consistent when either the injuries board or the courts look at a particular uh, case. Yeah, and, and, but it's, it's it's the guidelines that are important and it's bringing the, the overall cost of insurance down. Is, that's, that is what's needed though, Carrie, and whatever brings that about is welcome. 
Uh, and, and for sure, um, you know, I believe that the cost of insurance is a major problem, particularly for small and medium-sized businesses in Ireland. Um, and, and certainly initiatives were required to provide a, a more consistent, transparent framework for personal injury claims to be dealt with. And these guidelines certainly uh, go a long way to assisting uh, with a new framework as to whether it is a successful framework that is what we're currently uh, waiting to mm. see. I mean, in, um, in terms of the cases that are being brought, if the if a case is genuine, still the, the change in, in quantum, the change in PIA, it's not going to stop you bringing that case, sure it's not? No, absolutely. The the the, the process remains the same. Uh, you bring your case uh, before the injuries board by way of paper submission. Um, I, I, just to say, I'm only talking about employer liability um public liability and motor claims, medical negligence wouldn't be considered as, as as part of this framework. That would be considered separately. Those types of claims would not have to uh, be processed by the injuries board. But the simple uh, way it's done is that the application is submitted to the board and they assess the claim. Before the guidelines were introduced, they referred to the Book of Quantum, which was um, brought in in 2004 at the time the board was established. And uh, that Book of Quantum was used by the Injuries Board to assess claims. And um, if we just just take a second to just consider um, what the old uh, Book of Quantum would say in relation to uh, a soft tissue uh, neck injury, for example. Um, so a soft tissue neck injury um, in the old Book of Quantum, which would be a, a classic whiplash type injury, um, had a range where a person was substantially recovered where that person would receive up to €15,700. Uh, and now the new guidelines say that that range where somebody has a, has a whiplash that has substantially recovered should be €500 Euros, um, to €3,000. So it's a substantial mm. difference. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and the, 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 the interesting part, I suppose, is that if you have an old guidelines case or an old, an old injury case pre-guidelines, you're still entitled to the value of the Book of Quantum. And if your next door neighbour has um, a new guidelines case, then the new rules will apply. Mm. So we have a, a situation where for some time there will be um, claimants who have the have similar injuries okay. um, simply because one uh, happened earlier than the other uh, receiving different levels yeah. of awards. And of course that means the line in the sand always has to be drawn somewhere. It depends what side of that line you're on. Um, how busy are you guys in MDM? I mean, obviously you, you work in a, a lot of different areas but uh, is, it, uh, is it a good sign of confidence in the market that you're busy? Yes, we're busy. Uh, we do a very large um, portfolio of work for insurance companies so this has been um, a, a very welcome change um, for me as a practitioner in this area. And I'm doing this a long time, uh, almost 21 years. What we need to see is a consistency um, across the uh, entire framework from the injuries board to the judiciary. Um, and, and I think the interesting part will be to see whether this uh, 40% decrease is maintained and what i mean by that is if we have a have a framework whereby the injuries board award three thousand euros on a claim um and the person issues uh legal proceedings because they believe that isn't enough uh, we need to see the judiciary now being consistent in delivering their message and following the guidelines and just 
to say and point out that the guidelines, while the court is bound to consider them, the court is not bound to apply them. Okay. And the trial judge hearing the case can certainly uh, decide to depart from the guidelines provided reasons are given. Yep. So while yep. we have these figures from the Injuries Board, which are really interesting this week and welcomed across particularly the defence insurance sector, we also now need to wait to see that these legal claims when challenged before the courts, that we see a level of consistency. There's a lot of talk that the Injuries Board are coming in too low. Um, and if you look at the acceptance rates um, figures, certainly the acceptance rates of awards before the board are down substantially. Okay. Um, so, so in other words, time. we'll have to wait and see how much of that ends up before the courts and how the courts treat it. Uh, as you say, interesting times ahead. One, no doubt, we'll come back to, but fingers crossed it'll mean eventually that insurance premiums might start coming down and be more reasonable at some stage in the future. Carrie McDermott from MDM Solicitors on the South Mall. Thanks for joining us on Red Business, Carrie. Thank you. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business. How would you feel about buying food this evening from one of Cork's best-known cafes, but you only pay a fraction of the usual price? There is a catch. It's what's called a surprise bag, and it's all in the name of reducing food waste in the city. The world's largest anti-food waste app has arrived in Cork, and many businesses are already signing up to it. One of them is Massey Town. That's a deli on Paul Street. Tom Creedon from Massey Town is with us now. How are you doing, Tom? Very well. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to have you. And we're also joined by Jamie Crummy, who is with the Too Good To Go app. How are you doing, Jamie? Yes, very good. Thanks for having us. Uh, first of all, Tom, tell us a little bit about why you guys got involved in this. Um, for us, it's it's a bit of a um, it's, it's it's a win win really. Uh, at the end of the day, we do have small amounts of food left over. Everything we're doing here is made from scratch, um, so we cook everything fresh every day. And with the COVID and with the footfall being a bit erratic at the moment. It's difficult to know how much you're going to need on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, some days we have a little bit left over at the end of the day. And we like to think that there's still a little bit of profit left in it by using the app and having people come in. It also gives us exposure to a new client base. People that mightn't have originally been coming to us might come in because they have the app and uh, they want to see what we're about, you know. I really hate throwing food in the bin it, it's one of the things we've gotten really good in our house about which is not letting stuff build up so it ends up in, in, in the rubbish or in the compost I'm presuming when you do it and it's your money that's going into preparing that food and your love sweat and tears it's the last thing you want to do <laughs> exactly yeah exactly it's, the, it's your profit right you know it, at the end of the day anything that goes in the bin isn't getting sold and that's that's where your money is you know so controlling that and uh, having having a means to dispose of and I suppose to to sell the items at the end of the day when the uh, business is done is, is a great opportunity for us you know Jamie Crumby tell me a little bit how the app works yes it'd be my pleasure so the the app is is really simple it's a it's a simple way for individuals and businesses to to fight food waste. So what what you do is you log on to the Too Good To Go app. It's it's a free app to download from the App Store or Play Store. And then you'll create a profile and you'll see loads of different food businesses fighting food waste with us in in Cork. And then what you do is you purchase through the app a surprise bag for reduced price and then collect that from a business during an allotted collection window, usually the last 30 minutes of service. And the food you're getting 
is a total surprise, but it's all food which would otherwise have gone to waste. So mm. if you know you're paying five euros, you're getting about fifteen euros worth of food. So, so you a real it's a narrow little window, though, isn't it? You're you're thirty minutes towards the end of service. You you, you almost have to be good at this. <laughs> good at this. Um, I I haven't heard it described as that, but it is a it's it's a fun way, as I say, for people to fight food waste. It's really simple, um, and the time and things like that is um, it's easy to work around. Yeah, Tom, what have you been given out so far since you've signed up? What kind of what kind of grub have people walked out of Massey Town with? It depends on the day, really. Depends on what we've got left over. Um, we do beautiful roast potatoes that we do fresher every day, and there's usually a bit of that left over. Some nice soups that we do each day. We make from scratch. They tend to have a little bit left over at the end of the day. And then, obviously, with the chickens and the roast ve- roast meats themselves, which we uh, source locally, it's great to have local producers, and it's great to have people that can deliver the next day, if needs be, from the English market and that. But at the same time, you need to have stock there till the end of service. And you know, there's always a little bit left over. We always try to make uh, the bags a little bit of fun and try to put a little bit of variety in there as well, you know? What, what, do, you, do you get to see the reaction of people opening the bag? I mean, I'd, I'd love to see what people... Yeah. You know, I've got to yeah, go, yeah, what yeah, have yeah. I got it. in here yeah, kind yeah. of thing? So what, what, what's that like? Yeah, it's fun. It's good. I'll tell you, the... Um, the pickup has been unbelievable. It's it's like we go online and the availability seems to be up there for literally minutes before someone clicks in and takes takes the opportunity to get the bag. And uh, we haven't had a no-show yet. Um, when they come in, usually we've got a bit of variety. We actually give them a bit of choice. You know, there's you know there, there could be a few different things and they can pick, pick and choose themselves. On other days, there's you know the bare minimum left over and we fill the bag for what we have. But um, everyone seems to be pretty happy so far. You know, everyone seems to have a smile on their face walking out the door feeling like they got a bargain. And we avoid the food waste, you know, yep. so it's win-win. And who doesn't like a bargain? Jamie, the, the, I suppose because it is a food service, you have to be conscious that some people have allergies and stuff like that. How do you manage that on the app? Yeah, really, really good question. And, you know, food safety is of huge importance, you know, particularly as well, given everything with um, with COVID and whatnot. And so uh, it is a surprise bag. And, you know, we don't know what's going to be going in, in that bag until that that point of collection because it really is just whatever food's left over so people reserve through the app and then if they do have allergens um we try and give as much detail on the store profile but to go and at the point of collection you know ask the ask the food vendor ask the business themselves mm. what what the ingredients are yeah so it's a little bit of caveat emptor uh, involved in this as well you, you may not like what you get or you might be allergic but you ask the question Exactly, yeah. And if, if you are allergic, then, you know, we, we refund the order and all of those things like that. Mm. Tom, do you expect that this is going to expand to other businesses in Cork? Because I know that it, it is very frustrating for, for restaurants and cafes to have to throw stuff out. So this is a great way to, as you say, reduce that waste, get a few bob through the door and, and, and just maybe change people's habits a little. Yeah, well, look, to be honest, I don't see why, why you wouldn't get involved, you know. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's food that's going to go in the bin anyway. So you get a few quid for it, you know. All right, fair enough, it's not the uh, market price. But, you know, at least it doesn't go in the bin. You don't get zero, you know. So it, there's something happening. And I don't see why people wouldn't get involved on the other end, you know. Uh, Jamie, how can people, if they're a restaurant or a cafe or a deli, sign up to this, first of all? And uh, I suppose, what's the detail of the app if anyone is fancying a, a surprise bag this evening? Yes, yes. So I'd encourage everyone just to head to the App Store or Play Store and download the Too Good To Go app. And if you're a, a business owner and you want to find out more or you work in a business and you and you want to give some more info to the to the managers, please reach out to us. 
um, you can head to our website, www.toogoodtogo.ie, and you can find all the information there. We, yeah, look forward to hearing from you. Okay, well, may it be as successful as the spice bag was when that was introduced, the idea of the surprise bag instead. Tom Creedon of the brilliant Massey Town on Paul Street and Jamie Crummy from the Too Good To Go app. Gentlemen, thank you both so much for joining us. Thank, thank you very you. much for having us. you guys soon. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business. Now, cruise ships are coming back to Cork after COVID. It's been a couple of years since these giant vessels paid a visit, but 90 of them are going to be docking here between now and September. Connor Moles is Chief Commercial Officer with the Port of Cork Company. He's welcome back to Red Business. How are you, Connor? I'm good. Thank you very much. I remember the conversations about the ships actually stopping and everybody going, oh, I wonder, will they start up again in a few weeks? I don't think anyone was going to predict it to be two years. No, and and you know something, it's been quite a difficult two years, and particularly for Ireland, because we actually saw a return of cruise vessels to other parts of Europe last year, uh, but Ireland was uh, one of the last countries to uh, allow the return of cruise vessels, and they are a very welcome return to the Port of Cork, and indeed, to, to Ireland itself or Ireland's tourism industry. I, I know these vessels are highly sought after and Cork had been carving out a brilliant niche, bring them into either Cove or to the deep water berth over in Ringeskiddy and then spreading the love right around the Munster region as everybody went off on buses or indeed stayed around those areas. It's a big fillip to the local community and the local businesses to have these boats back. Absolutely. And um, as you said, we certainly um, made a huge positive impact in, in Cove on the tourism side and indeed elsewhere, right down to Bantry, which uh, which is a port that, the, that comes under our management as well. And, and these, these vessels make a huge financial uh, positive impact. The, um, the spend, f- um, for example, of the passengers is approximately 80, 85 euros per passenger when they come ashore. And in, and in terms of the crew, their spend is about 30. So studies that we've done showed you're, you're looking at probably a 17 to 20 million euro positive impact in the local community by these cruise vessels coming just in the spend in Cork alone. And that was a, that's a big drop away from the tourism industry when it, when it stopped for, for just over two years. And do, do people board in Cork or do, do they just get off having boarded somewhere else? How does it work? Um, no, but... Uh, Cork, there are some that board in Cork, and we have seen some of that over the while, but Cork is not a big a big boarding port, a turnaround port, is, I suppose is a technical term. Dublin, in its heyday, was really the turnaround port. It had the, the airlift of Dublin Airport, You had the and it had the, uh, the facilities to, to, to uh, support large crew and passenger boarding. But we're really a destination port, and, and a destination port of note. Um, and so mostly the cruise vessels come here and the passengers uh, spend do, do a day in Cork. Um, they, they tend in the morning to go out on excursions to the, uh, the, the key tourism uh, spots around the, the, the county, um, at the city and county. And then the afternoon, uh, they tend to uh, take to themselves and they, they walk and go locally and that's where you see some really positive impacts like, for example Cove itself or indeed Bantry Yeah and I've been in Cove when the boats are in it's a fabulous atmosphere people coming down to look at them and people also spending from having been on the boat I, I am reminded of my favourite sign on one of the buses that was departing Cove bringing tourists to a traditional Irish village I was always fascinated which one it was I, I've never answered that question I presume you don't know the answer but can you put it on your list of things I, that he I, needs I, to find out <laughs> Out this year. 
I would say it's Blarney uh, and the village that's out there. I would have thought Blarney Castle and its associated. Uh, yeah, I, it's place. just, it's a source of constant fascination. I just have them uh, arriving in, in a random town in North Cork going, well, this is a traditional <laughs> Irish village, village. Enjoy your stay. Um, it's been a good period for the port. Uh, obviously, things having picked up, it was rather chaotic for a while. Um, we, we've got fantastic throughput now on freight coming through and Brittany ferries are back. That's a really good sign. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's been it, it has been a difficult two years, but we're really on the other side of it. And indeed, post Brexit now, and as you've alluded to, we have far more uh, freight activity in the port than we have ever had in our history. So we've direct routes now from Cork into the heart of Europe, into Zeebrugge and into Antwerp. We recently saw the return of um, our traditional anchor tenant, Brittany Ferries, um, and its Roscoft Cork route. And the, the big advantage now is that we now have, we've doubled it. And so now you'll have a midweek sailing on the Amerique and then you'll have the traditional weekend sailing, the, the Saturday sailing um, on the Pont of So we're delighted with that. And that that's a huge, that's another big impactor for the, for not just for Cork, but for the Munster region, certainly in the realm of four to five million in terms of positive impact here in terms of tourist spend. But it's also going to be a freight uh, service as well because um, post-Brexit what we've seen is that um, the the shipping the, the shippers the product owners they really want to have stability in their supply chains and the Port of Cork now has been in a position to provide that so it's a very exciting time for us and uh, and then hopefully soon in the next few weeks we'll see the opening of the new container terminal which is Ireland's uh, most modern uh, container terminal with deep water Okay, Connor. best of luck to everybody in the port as you look forward to those big events in the next couple of weeks. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Take care. And that's it from this episode of Red Business. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, every episode is up right now on redfm.ie. And don't forget our sister video series, Red Business in Focus, with thanks to Cork's local enterprise offices. Some great stories in there, and you can access them all from redfm.ie. Kira McDonough was the producer, and as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business.